Custom Car Care. Good morning and welcome. You got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Miss Sarah, how's the world treating you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. I think, so I start several of the the topics out. What is the first rule of Fight Club? You don't talk about it. And what is the second rule of Fight Club? You don't talk about it. All right. So I'm going to talk about prepping today, I guess, is going to be our discussion. We're going to tie it to automotive as much as possible, and we may stray out there a little bit some. But the reason I bring this up is I guess it was, I don't want to say heavy on my heart. Um, I don't believe in being scared. I guess if that's not that I don't get scared. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not without fear, as manly as that would sound. I believe in being prepared so you don't have to be so scared. And a lot of that revolves throughout my life, and and I know yours as well, that, you know, automotive and and freedom and transportation is a big part of that. So we're going to tie into that as much as possible, and I will stray a little bit down some rabbit trails. But you had a little bit of an experience this weekend, or I guess last weekend, if you will, Um, To where you traveled in some inclement weather. I did, yeah. I went up to the other side of the state, kind of in the St. Louis area, Pacific, Missouri, Mm -hmm. actually, if we're going to be exact here. And on my way home, we were on I-44. We were near Bourbon and Cuba Mm in that area. And it just started basically monsooning. It was terrible. And it started off as a couple little drops, Mm -hmm. you know, turned our headlights on, turned our wipers on, and then it just like sheets. Wow. It was terrible. So... I ended up having to pull over. We stopped at a commuter parking lot mm-hmm. and there was probably I don't know 30 vehicles oh, wow. with us. It okay. was it was really bad and we all just stayed in there and I thought to myself, I am so glad that I have a full tank of gas. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I have snacks. I'm glad that I have water because <laughs> I had the little one with me. Yep. So I I was glad that I had stuff for him as well. Sure. And it was really nice to not have to panic and think I'm going to have to drive in this to yeah. go get gas or you know, I'm going to have to like risk it mm-hmm. because I wasn't prepared. And that was a really nice feeling to just be able yeah. to relax and wait it out. Well, and in that kind of area, you might remind me, I don't, you know, like around here, there's a, a fuel station every corner. But when you get kind of in that part of 44, sometimes it's 20, 30 miles to the next uh, gas station. It's a little uh, uh, rural out there, I guess would be the best way to put it. So the fact that you had the fuel awesome, had all your, your preparedness paid off, I guess, which is fantastic. Uh, something I do want to point out that I think was awesome you guys did. Now, it, it, the way I understand it is you got to a commuter parking spot that was off of the side of the road. Is yes. that right? I always, you know, and I've had to do it at different points, but I see a lot of people pull over to the shoulder during that did you see anybody just pull off yeah there was a ton of that but i didn't feel comfortable with that because there was a lot of traffic that they were still going really fast Mm -hmm. because it was just sprinkles at first so they had to really like slow down and i was afraid of getting side swiped by Mm -hmm. a semi that just simply just ran up on us not because they were going too fast Mm -hmm. but because it was so dense the the rain was that they wouldn't be able to see us you know and that, I think, is the biggest lesson, which was awesome. You guys were able to get off because I see people just pull over, but essentially they are now an obstacle to your point that nobody's planning on being there. I've done enough roadside service over the years that being roadside under good conditions is a very, very dangerous uh, place to be in. 
let alone adding, you know, overcast or, you know, full cloud cover and then torrential downpour on top of that, as well as other folks, you know, being able to see hydroplaning because they had crappy tires and were going too fast. I mean, the, the odds are stacked against you. And even in, you know, if you're inside your car and somebody runs into you and you're at a dead stop and they're at, say, 30 or 40 miles an hour, I mean, that is a a, a very high risk of obviously 100% damage to the car, but even damage to you or, in, in your case, the little one. So very, very good call in preparedness and getting off the road and being safe and, and letting that pass. Um, you know, I've the last time we were coming back, I think, with the camper, we go to St. Louis quite often with our camper, um, we were coming back in town and I have, you know, kind of pushed my preparedness a little further and put CB radios in our tow vehicles. And when we were coming back, I, you guys might have got a little of this because you live a little north of Springfield. There was that hailstorm that went through Bolivar, I think, maybe a month or oh, two ago. Yes. So we were coming back down 44 essentially at that. And I was able to, I could see traffic was starting to back up and people are pulling over and I got this huge 30-some-foot camper plus the truck behind us, so I couldn't really get off and pull over very easily. Um, But it really didn't hit us. We were kind of – Springfield was on the south end of that storm. But I could hear over the the CB channels and the radio, which was really nice to have that live feedback of what was going on in our area – that if if we had been getting on 13 to go north, we would have ran into, I think they had golf ball size oh hail, gosh. if I remember right, of what was coming through the CB channels at that point. So that was kind of a similar situation, but that CB band or citizens band radio is what that stands for, gave us while commuting, I have learned that, hey, I really like to know what's going on. Another instance where that helped me out big time is we were... You probably went through some um, lane closures. Yes. Yeah. And it's in a really bad place. Mm -hmm. And so you really can't see that it's going down to one lane as well as towing the camper. I need to know what lane to get in because if I have to merge, I need some room. But uh, I was able to radio some of the oncoming truck traffic. I could see them going 70, and I knew that it was stopped traffic, and I had almost seen an accident where uh, they weren't zippering in, you know, as the boards say to do, and they had run all the way down to the end, and I could see the smoke off that 18-wheeler's brakes, Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't his fault. It was the person in front of him. They were stopping prematurely and not paying attention that there was a loaded 18-wheeler coming down that big hill where they've got the lane closures. And so I was able to radio to the eastbound traffic that, hey, you got a you got a stopped traffic coming up. And I got a lot of thank yous back from the drivers saying, hey, you know, I can't stop on a time here. So being prepared and having the tools and, and, and the know-how to use, and which you, you definitely did with the little guy in the car. So that's what this is all about. So this is what Sarah and I do this show about is to – mainly share some experiences and try and give everybody out there the best tools as possible to not be in those ugly situations. We've all had the breakdowns and the, the accidents or problems or whatever the case may be, and we all learn from that. So if somebody out there has some ideas, Sarah, you're always very good at 
letting them know how they communicate with us. So if they wanted to send us some ideas, how would they do that? Sure. The best way to reach out to us is on our text line. Mm -hmm. That phone number is 417-447-5743. And that's the best way because we can actually visually see everything that you are wanting to communicate to us. But you can also reach out to us on our social media. That is at 1041KSGF. We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Uh, whichever platform you want to reach out to us on social media-wise, I do have access to all of that. So I will be able to see it. Excellent. I had one the other day. He's a mutual friend. We'll just call him Mr. O. He drives a, I think it's a three-quarter ton or one-ton Duramax, and we do some service work for him. He happened to be in the shop the other day. He's like, hey, I, I hear some of your preparedness discussions, your car care kits. He, uh, I had a moment, and we, him and I were kind of catching up. And so he's like, hey, come over and take a look at this. And so he's got this real nice tonneau, hard tonneau cover on the back of his truck. So he opens it up, and he was set up in the back yeah. of this. I mean, he had fluids and tools. And he even it went another step farther, which I thought was brilliant. It's not really something I had thought about too much, but I definitely am going to, you know, take some uh, influence from his advice. He said when they drove this, I think they went to Florida. So that's a pretty good trip. He went and uh, picked up some spare normal breakdown on the side of the road parts. Mm -hmm. He had an extra water pump, thermostat, hoses, I think. Um, I'm sure there was some other stuff in there. But he had picked up some extra stuff that if he was stuck somewhere, he already had it in the truck and had it as a, you know, kind of like roadside service for his specific vehicle, which I thought was brilliant. I was that like, is Man. very impressive. Yeah. I, I was like, that's wonderful. In today's day and age, you know, a lot of that stuff's pretty cost effective to, to keep you out of trouble. If I had a broken hose, you know, you could switch it out pretty quick. But if I'm stuck somewhere and I don't have one. I actually had it happen to me, come to think of it, and I carry an extra one now. I had, and it doesn't happen often, it used to, uh, I had a belt break on, it was on my Duramax, actually. And I had to phone a friend and bring me an uh, extra belt and get it put on in a parking lot. I carry an extra one with me now because of that specific situation. You know, you guys should really think about, like, creating prepared kits. We and should. And selling them at the shop. Yeah. You really should. Uh, so I have, and I still do, if there's some roadside service stuff that comes up, I typically buy and beta test through it to make sure that I'm equipped as best as possible. And then for the kids and, and Stacy as well, as they start driving, I build their kits as well. So that's, you know, well, you guys let us know whether you think that's a good idea. But we're going to step into a break. We'll be right back in a moment. A1 Custom Car Care. Welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, on break, you said something about preparedness and how that makes you feel. Oh, yes. Well, we were talking about not necessarily preparedness with the automotive mm -hmm. industry, but I have mentioned quite a bit on the show that I moved out to the country about a year ago, and I'm from the country, and it was really nice mm -hmm. to, to get back after living yes. in the city. No hate to... The Our city, city dwellers, yep, but right. definitely enjoy living out in the country. But we started a hobby farm, and mm -hmm. we got our first farm fresh eggs. Congratulations. Thank you. And it was really nice because we had steak from one of the local cattle companies in our area. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Two Bar D Beef. Excellent. They well are done. fantastic. And then we had our eggs that were farm fresh, and we had tomatoes and cucumbers from our garden. And for dessert, we had 
watermelon from our garden. And it was just really nice to know where everything came Mm -hmm. from on our plates. And the vast majority of it was stuff that we took the time and effort to either grow or help maintain. And it was just a really good feeling. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's kind of preparedness. I've always, uh, and I forget where who I heard this from, but they verbiaged it to me in, in a manner that really made sense. And they basically said that prepping is life insurance. And I thought, you know what, that's right, you know, and thankfully we have homeowners, homeowners insurance and we had a little bit of damage. We have a great representative in Aurora. He took very good care of us. But why not have things that you use, you know, and have that little backstock, especially in today's day and age? Um, you know, we were talking about Mr. O going on his trip before and having the the car parts in the vehicle that were for his application. I think that's brilliant, you know. And to your point, having and the infrastructure to be able to grow and raise some of your own food and, you know, have the property to do so, it's very, very rewarding. And to me, it goes back to that being prepared and not scared. Like, I don't have to wonder, you know, if I go to the store and I need ground beef and there's a shortage or whatever the case may be, or if I'm going on a trip, I've got the stuff and the tools and equipment to do so. Now, you don't have to be a jack of all trades in order to do a lot of this stuff. A little bit of, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You know, before we go on a long trip or before we do a lot of things, I'm going to do a little bit of preparation before I go. So I've shared with you guys a lot of times that, you know, having the ability to air up a tire, you know, in today's day and age, mobile is pretty reasonable. I mean, you can get mobile air compressors that'll do a good job for 50 to 100 bucks, depending on how fancy you want to get. Keeping some extra fluids in the vehicle and knowing where and how to utilize that, that's worth a ton. I can't tell you how many times that would have saved or has saved me over the years or other folks had they just put some fluids in the vehicle and not driven it to oblivion. I had a phone call from a, a gentleman, I think it was last week, I happened to be the one that had picked up on the on the call. And basically, you know, his vehicle was overheating and he had continued to drive it. Oh, I was only two or three blocks from home. The the vehicles, you know, 20 years ago, you could get away with that. The amount of technology and materials that they make these engines out of in the last 20 years has shifted a lot from cast iron, which was a little bit more robust or was more robust, more tolerable to abuse, if you will. Now it's almost 90% of the cars we work on are aluminum cylinder heads, aluminum block, and they're alloys that will, they do some amazing things. It's, it's not a, 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 you know, complete negative, but you cannot abuse them. You cannot overheat them. You cannot run them out of oil. You cannot neglect them or they will push themselves to the top of your to-do list and leave you walking. And I don't want that. So having some spare extra stuff and A, doing a little bit of preparation at a trip trek before you get out on the road. And it may not even be your car. You know, a lot of times I'm going to do a trip check for loved ones before they leave, whether it's the kids or Stacy or whatever, and on our personal vehicles, I do a mid-trip check. So as I'm fueling it, I'm doing some tire checks. I'm refilling the washer fluid. I'm washing the windows. And all of this is insurance 
on not having a breakdown or not having some kind of trouble because stress on a trip is definitely not what you're after. I don't whether it's for business or pleasure, that definitely takes away from the from the experience or what you're getting out of this trip. So very, very important to make sure that we're on the front side of this instead of the back side of it. I talk very positively about all of our tow truck drivers. We have some amazing towing companies around. But my goal is not to have to call them. Now, do I want them and need them to be in business? Sure, I definitely do. But I don't want to be the one that could have prevented that breakdown. And I've had breakdowns that were preventable. And I've also had breakdowns that were not preventable. I've had loved ones the same way. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything possible that, you know, the lion's share of our customers and, and folks that visit any of our A1 custom locations don't have to rely on that tow truck service any more than necessary. And there are a lot of businesses, and I guess to get a little philosophical for a minute, that truly just, you know, hey, when your car breaks, come see us. And they're what I consider a true repair shop. And we do automotive repair, obviously. But the mindset of our company is much more on the proactive side of things to say, hey, how about we not have you break down? So when you come into our facilities, this preparedness mindset is part of it. And I may not explain it to all of our uh, technicians and whatnot, but they know how I feel about being proactive on this stuff. So when we built our digital vehicle inspection, it was in the preventative or the preparedness mindset on the front side. It's, hey, these vehicles are much uh, different or more complex in the engineering to where when you open the hood on a 20-year-old vehicle, it was very clear to see where the radiator was, where the coolant went, where the oil was checked and added, where the transmission fluid was checked and added, brake fluid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You could identify where the spark plugs and the wires and where the service was needed very easily. You open the hood on a vehicle, and I'm going to draw the line really at probably 2005 or newer. So, you know, we're working on several years at this point, And the majority, when you look at a stoplight, most vehicles are 2005 or newer out there running around on the roads. You open the hood, you can't see where the oil goes. You can't see hardly where, I mean, anything is. I can remember early 2000s, I was working at a construction company while I was going through my mechanic school. We got a brand new, I think it was a V10 Ford. And the whole construction crew out there, we opened the hood and we're looking at it, whatnot. Nobody could identify where the spark plugs were in this vehicle. And, you know, we had an older gentleman that was very mechanically inclined. Steve was just an amazing guy. You know, he identified that it was coil on plug and that the coils were buried down, you know, through ports in the intake and the cylinder heads. The mindset when you come in for service and we go through the digital vehicle inspection is truly to be the ambassador or the liaison or interpreter of what's going on with the car. Not just so we can find all these extra services and it needs blah, 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 this or that. The car speaks for itself. If we're good at what we do, I don't have to make up a thing. What I do have to be good at is making sure that you understand your car the way we understand your car. And that if you don't take care of the car on your terms, it will take care of you on its terms. And what I mean is, is that if you don't at least be aware of it and make a plan of action of, hey, I need to take care of this. I got it. Maybe I got a fluid leak. We'll just role play for a minute. Maybe I got something leaking. 
and I don't have the funds to take care of it. Okay, we do have a, I think it's a 190 or 101 day same as cash financing option to help people through that. But even going further, making sure you're at least aware of that and that you need to take some personal ownership and keep whatever that leaking fluid is full. So if I have a gross power steering leak, I've got a customer right now, they've got a Honda Accord, very nice people. They've done a lot of repairs, but they're just not at the point that they can make the investment to take care of a leaking hose. And it's leaking pretty bad. But he's taken the personal ownership that he checks it and keeps it full so they can still use the car locally. He's making sure of not starving that system because he's aware of it and he's taken ownership until they can come up with the funds to get it fixed. So that's really what I think the role of a doctor, an attorney, lawyer, whatever those professions are that, that are truly in customer service or should be in customer service, I guess, that you know we are making sure that you're involved in the process as well as you know what's going on with the second largest investment that you make. That's a big deal, and that's what we're here for. So Sarah and I are down at the bottom of the hour. We'll be back in a moment. The Complete Car Care Solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. I think we've pretty much gone to like a current events or a news segment. I guess so. I guess it's the third segment. It always is, which is (laughs) wonderful. So what do you got over there? Since it's kind of a uh, holiday weekend, if Mm -hmm. you will. um, Yeah, you know, there might be a couple of people out there that are towing. So Mm -hmm. I have a towing story. I love towing. Well, this one is... a bad towing story. Well, I don't know. I want to see how you feel about it. This is from Fox News. Toyota is developing a hitchless towing system. Mm. Have you heard of this? I have not. This is crazy. Yeah. So let me read this to you. Toyota is developing a way for you to hitch a ride without a hitch. The automaker is testing a system that allows one vehicle to tow another without any physical connection between the two. So how do they do that? Sounds like magic. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Toyota Motor Engineering and Manufacturing Senior Manager Paul Fanson told Fox News Digital that customers could use it to create guided convoys as several vehicles are heading to the same destination or for someone to tow an unoccupied vehicle somewhere like to a dealer for service sensors would be on the vehicles that would monitor surrounding traffic to help avoid collisions the feature could also find commercial applications in fleet management there's also a possibility of developing self-powered trailers that could work with it which would simplify the towing experience now state and federal regulations would likely have to be updated to allow it and discussions on how to achieve that have begun, but Toyota will continue to work on the technology before making a final decision on making it available to customers. Hmm. I'm from Missouri, and somebody's going to have to show me that. Yeah, they've, <laughs> they started it with minivans. They've already started testing it, and Whoa. it is the, uh, I'm not very good with names, Toyota Sienna. Sienna? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sienna? They've started with that, and they are fitting them with wireless communication systems that allow the, the trailer and the vehicle to communicate. Hmm. Interesting, right? Yeah. So they have something called ADOS, which is autonomous driving systems, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, you know, uh, Tesla's put it out there. But it's already in a lot of our vehicles, not necessarily in the the driving by itself, but the collision avoidance, the blind spot monitoring, <clears throat> those are all becoming standard 
systems as you buy a very, very late model vehicle. So we're in the midst of right now doing our homework to get our facilities. Um, and, and basically, we're kind of planning for down the road a little bit to be able to service those vehicles because that's new technology, new equipment's needed, new trainings needed. So as a company, we're getting ready for that. So that'll be really interesting to see. Um, <clears throat> I do a lot of towing, probably more than anybody. <laughs> I will say anybody, but that's just a big part. I'm always towing, whether it's the camper or broken cars or, you know, firewood or whatever in the world I'm into this week. And that's a big thing. And the risk goes up greatly towing anything. So the autonomous towing, I guess, is what I'm going to badge that as the, the hitchless towing. I don't know. That's that's a little interesting. So time will tell whether that's a good idea or not, I suppose. Have you guys worked on any of those self-driving vehicles? We've done some service on them. They have uh, lane departure cameras and they have some radar systems. So yeah, we have some technicians that are dealing with that. We had a um, a glass company install a new windshield in the vehicle. And as part of that, you have to relearn that system. Well, they had damaged the camera in there. So we ended up having to repair and replace that camera, get it calibrated and get it back to the customer. Now that was all, those are all big money words there. And it was very expensive. I will say the glass company, I believe did step up and pay for the damage on that vehicle. So it's pretty new technology, probably 2017 and newer. So we're not seeing a lot of them yet. But as they come out of warranty is really where we're going to start seeing a lot of those vehicles come in the shop. So um, that, you know, I, I'm really going to, that's got my wheels turning on this uh, <laughs> hitchless towing system. I don't know. It's uh, it's a crazy time we live in. You know, I think about the movies when, when I was younger, and I know you're a little bit younger than I am, but you see what they, you know, like Demolition Man, have you ever seen that one with uh, Wesley Snipes and uh, Sylvester? All right, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm showing my age there, <laughs> but they had driverless cars in that movie, and they had a lot of like kiosk systems. A lot of things that they forecasted in that particular movie have come true in our normal life at this point. Um, but that one, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna have to really think about that one. I was watching uh, TFL Trucks. It's a series, and they, they test a lot of the new stuff coming out. And they hooked, I think, a 6,000-pound trailer to the electric F-150. Have you seen those at all? The the I forget what they call their electric F-150. Yeah, I think so. They were able to go 83 miles on a charge. That's absolutely unusable, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I could make it to... I couldn't even make it to Springfield mm -hmm. and back. Yeah. So if it was unloaded, obviously they, you know, had probably like a three or 400 yeah. mile range. But when you buy a truck, I'm a truck guy through and through, I'm going to ask things or that truck needs to produce a certain um, level for me to own it. You know, I, I don't just own a truck because I don't use it. I mean, I'm hauling, I'm towing, I'm pushing snow, I'm... You know, doing all kinds of stuff. Basically, that truck opens doors that a car or SUV won't for me. And I want the capability of it. 
Now, if I get a electric F-150 and I tow a 6,000-pound trailer, which is not all that much, that is probably max towing capacity on most half-ton trucks, 83 miles before I have to sit down and charge it? No. Like, how? I wonder how much that costs. Yeah. uh, I think they did put it out there. It was like 30 or 40 bucks to charge it up. But it's also the time. You know, you don't just pull into a gas station. And I'm going to say in less than five minutes, you've got a, a full tank. You pay your hundred or whatever stinking dollars it is this week. No, you sit there for 20, 30 minutes and be able to go another 83 miles. No way. No. And, you know, everybody knows I definitely am a Ford fan out there. But this, they it's almost like they've drank the Kool-Aid on this deal. And they're pushing this EV stuff. They laid off all those people. It's just thousands of people they laid off here in the last month because they're pushing into the the electric vehicle market, which is fine. Uh, don't get me wrong. If you want electric vehicles, whatever. But you cannot just abandon until the infrastructure is built and the technology is there. The fact that that vehicle can only go 83 miles, that truck is worthless. Did you hear about the California ban oh, on vehicles? Yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. That's a joke, isn't oh, it? I'll have to look up all of the details, but I think that it's... 2034, 2035, yeah. I'm going to look like them up that. really quick. So the, the way I remember it, and, and Sarah definitely is better with the details, but essentially they're trying to ban all gasoline. They've already done it for the small engines, like... You cannot own a generator. You cannot have a gas-powered lawnmower, weed eater. I don't know if they've done, like, four-wheelers and side-by-sides. But they're trying to expand on that and push that out to you cannot own a gas-powered or diesel-powered vehicle by the year 2034 or 5. Yeah, it's 2035. California board moves to ban gas-powered cars by 2035 in favor of electrical vehicles. So does that mean that you have to go out and purchase a new one? Are they going to still have gas stations? What if you're out of state? Mm -hmm. You know, what What about rental cars? I got tons of questions. I, I think everybody does. So they have banned diesels, I think, 2015 and older. So I'm seeing those perfectly good vehicles being sold to other states or, you know, sold out of state because you can't license them in California anymore. It's a complete, absolute joke. So, yeah, let's say I, quote unquote, which ain't never going to happen, lived in California and I needed to tow and I had my electric F-150. I could make it 83 miles at a time. You know how long that'd take me to get somewhere? If somebody was paying me to tow something, it'd take me, I'd have to charge out the wazoo in order to do so. I'd have to run a gas powered generator in the back to generate power. It's just insane. Not to mention, so we do a lot of gas analyzer analysis work at our store. And what that is, is basically we're sniffing the tailpipe to see what emissions are truly coming out of and going into the atmosphere. The modern vehicles with low emissions or zero emissions or ultra low emissions vehicles, what's coming out the tailpipe is very clean, very, very clean. It just amazes me how clean burning they've gotten, even some of the diesel engines out there, like you look or, or stand around a late model diesel engine, you don't even smell the diesel anymore, which, I mean, it's incredible what they've been able to do. Not to mention the, you know, the green, I even say the green initiative. It's it's a complete joke. When you look at how much carbon emissions it takes to make wind turbines 
or all electric vehicles or the byproducts left over after the batteries have have discharged and are now bad you look at the any battery and I'm kind of a little bit of a battery nerd you look at the cycle rate of how many times that battery can be discharged and recharged if I've got an F150 that'll drive 83 miles how mu- how long do you think it's going to take for me to kill that battery it's not going to take long and they don't know how a they don't have a good solution to dispose of the lithium after the lithium has been all used up and it's pretty much like a a biohazard chemical waste at that point in time. So it just, uh, I mean, somebody's making money on this deal and it's not the general public. They did a, I think it was a $7,000 tax credit in the last month or so. And magically Ford raised their prices, 7,000 bucks. So they basically just gave it right to big, big box stores. So we need to step into a break. We'll be a ray of sunshine right after this. one Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. We've got a little bit of time left here in the show. And I think the premise behind this show, at least from my point of view, is that it doesn't do any good to bury your head in the sand and not pay attention. Like when something doesn't work out in my life, it's not like, oh, you know, I'm not going to see how I got in this situation. Yeah, that was a bad deal. What happened and how do we get there? All right. So we take a little like mental note here. How do we not have that happen again? You know, because when I'm standing there at the side of the road or wherever, whatever the case may be, what do I do to help myself in that instance? So when I bring that to work essentially every day. You know, when I look over a car and do a digital inspection or pre-trip inspection or do repairs, I want you to kind of know and see what I'm seeing. So we have the ability to share video and photos. I know we have done that for you over the years, Sarah. Oh, it's fantastic. You like that? Yes. Is it is it a handy tool? It really is. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know everything that you're showing me, but I am a very hands-on um, like I, a visual person, mm-hmm. if you will, it helps me to understand what you are saying to me. If sure. I have a photo or a video, or if you like physically take me back mm-hmm. to the shop and yes. show me what's going on that way, I become a better vehicle owner because yeah. I understand my vehicle a little bit better. Well, and it keeps you part of the service. I think the kind of like the, the wizard behind the curtain, if yes. you will, forever is like, oh, you know, they took my car in the back and did I need all this stuff or did they, did they do what they said they were going to do? And unfortunately, there's been a lot of shops that haven't. Right. They have, they have created this stigma that's like, oh, you know, I'm getting taken advantage of because they did take advantage of people, which really sucks. It just infuriates me that shops are, are bad at what they do. And in order to stay in business or whatever you want to call it, they have done and you know the smoke and mirrors thing. And yeah, I'm just I'm not a fan of that. If we're good at what we do, there's plenty of of legit things that need to be taken care of on cars. And then you, as the consumer, get to feel and experience that once I'm done with it. And that makes all the difference in the world to me. So the the kind of premise behind that is to make you a part of the service that it's not just oh me telling you or somebody on the phone calling saying yeah you need all this stuff or maybe you don't need all this stuff and you actually did need all this stuff cuz they weren't good enough to figure out what was wrong with the car 
to begin with. You can tell I'm getting my blood pressure up when I talk <laughs> about this stuff, but you know, the best value and thing that we can do is be correct at what's going on with the car and keep you a part of it. And if, again, I said this earlier in the show, I think if you understand your vehicle the way I understand it, you don't have to go to many years of training and ongoing education and invest in tools and whatnot and new techniques to be prepared with dealing with the change in technology that I've done and that we've done as a company. But we have also not only focused on all that, but how to involve the consumer or the customer. You know, there's a lot of times where we bring a vehicle in and maybe it's somebody out of state that wants to pay the bill or take care of a loved one. I love the fact that we can send that to the folks out of state as well. So Instead of being, you know, um, you know, they've got a kid in college and they're in Colorado or where, whatever the case may be, or, you know, they're just trying to help out a family member, we can show them what's going on through that texting and video system. And even though they're hundreds of miles away, they're still part of what's going, what, what is needed and part and more empowered to make the right decisions. You know, I would love to fix every car up to you know, as good, if not better than when it rolled off the showroom. But I understand that not everything is, you know, sometimes you got to let that leak go and you got to keep tabs on it, but you have to know that it's leaking. Um, I had a gentleman a few years ago that he showed up and he was not a normal customer of ours, but he said, Hey, my engine's making a noise and it, it had a rod knock. And I mean, it was clang, 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 clang. I mean, it was loud. And what he told me is, yeah, I wait until the low oil pressure light comes on and then I add oil. And he'd been doing that for a long time and he didn't know anything was wrong with that. You know, I think a lot of us, you know, out there think that the car monitors all that stuff and won't won't allow us to hurt it. And it was it was just sheerly he didn't understand how that system worked. And I, I told him, I said, it's too late. You've gone too far and too many times. And he'd been doing that, I think, for several months from what he explained. And so that was an expensive lesson for him to learn. He didn't allow us to put an engine in it. I don't blame him. The vehicle really wasn't worth the expense. Had it been taken care of and he had been, you know, on in the know, essentially, and just kept oil in it, he would have got many, many more thousands of miles out of that car and that really kind of bums me out because I know what is capable when you give a car even minimal maintenance and care that two, three, four hundred thousand really isn't that big a deal on a modern engine and transmission or modern powertrain, if you will. It's not really a big deal to get that out of it. However, I think they did come pick it up. We had a, a late model GM truck in there, had 82,000 miles on it, and the motor was shot. Ugh, yeah. That's awful. It was a nice truck. I mean, very, very nice truck. And I would have been infuriated, but it was a fleet vehicle, and the drivers didn't care for it mm -hmm. like it was their money. And I'm sure if there's any fleet managers out there, they know what it's like for drivers just to drive the wheels off of it. But I felt like a crumb at that deal that that truck lasted 82,000 miles and the motor was smoked in that. We had a dead cylinder mechanical failure. And that small business, they're unfortunately getting the brunt of it. So maybe they didn't allow us to fix it and put an engine in it. But I bet they did take the expense of replacing that whole vehicle, having it wrapped, having it set up for whatever it is their business is. There's a very large expense whether you put an engine in it or you invest in another vehicle. So... 
I hate that because I know that those vehicles are capable of hundreds of thousands of miles with minimal care and love with them. So I want that for everybody's personal fleet. I mean, you, you've seen for, you know, the way we handle even your and Ryan's stuff. Like, I want to make sure you guys get from point A to point B. You don't have these crazy, nasty breakdowns. You don't have these stories that, hey, I was stuck on the side of the road and something Something else bad happened. You know, it's just not acceptable for that to happen. You know, we're thankful that we've been in the Springfield and Republic area for so long that I get the opportunity to do that for a lot of people in this in this community. I think that's a big deal. So Absolutely. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I am going in for my very first oil change with my new vehicle. Exciting! I know. And I mentioned it probably uh, last show that I had taken another road trip. I've been road tripping road a lot trip. late. Yeah, I'm I don't want to be in the house. <laughs> but yeah, we had something jump up on the highway, probably a rock or something mm-hmm. and it just happened to hit just right and it broke a little portion of the plastic that helps protect the undercarriage. Yep. Thankfully that that plastic was there, yeah, otherwise sure. it could have probably done some damage. And I'm going to go ahead and have that replaced as well, but I'm a little excited, a little nervous mm-hmm. because we did do the pre-purchase inspection and everything, you know, checked out very nice on my vehicle but now we get to kind of start playing catch up on things that we need to pay attention to Mm -hmm. um you know things that could easily develop um within the next couple of months couple of years and this is kind of where the maintenance is going to start you know after that first oil change and making sure that we keep it up to tip-top shape well and you know a lot of folks they think with a lower mile or new vehicle that you know, it doesn't need that care. It doesn't need that maintenance. But the early maintenance is really what sets the tone for the, the longevity mm-hmm. of that vehicle to be able to drive it. So um, definitely very excited for your four oil chains. That's awesome. And that's really truly the lifeblood of what keeps that thing ticking away and running down the road. I, I've got just a brief moment. Yes. I got a story about a customer of ours. They have moved to St. Louis at this point. But they they would drive in from Ozark for us to do their oil changes. They had moved out there. And they had decided to find a, a local shop out there. And on their vehicle, you had to pull that underpinning down or that shield in order to do their oil change. Well, David at our Fort Street store always does such an amazing job. And so they had gone to some other oil change place out in Ozark. Well, they didn't get that pinned up correctly. And so they were driving down 65, and that started to fall down. And they mm-hmm. had a brand-new car. This was probably the first six oil changes on this brand-new car. And when they pulled over to pin that back up on 65, a rock came up and knocked the back window out of their car. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah, I was like, holy crap. So he tells me this the next time he's in for an oil change. I didn't know any of this happened. And he said, I am never going anywhere for another <laughs> oil change again. I'm going to drive from Ozark in and, and, you know, they've moved away. But, um, you know, that it just speaks for that. That's important. But, yeah, I couldn't believe that the rock come up and knocked the pack window out of his car. You know, it when we had to pull over on the side of the road to pin ours mm-hmm. back up, it was doing that dragging. And that is an absolutely terrifying sound. Like, I thought, oh, my gosh, my car is going to yeah. break down right here. But thankfully, it was just that that plastic, mm-hmm. and we were able to get to a place where we were able to stop safely yes. and, you know, just 
get everything fixed. Absolutely. And that's a good way to wrap up uh, yeah. our preparedness show For right sure. there. All right. Well, if you're out there in Radio Land and you have questions, I highly suggest giving us a text, 417-447-5743, or you can reach out to us on our social media. We are at 1041KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Yes, be safe. Bye. See ya.